Hello, I'm Dr. David Stanton, headmaster of Oakdale Academy outside of Detroit, Michigan, and it is a pleasure to welcome you to this episode of Paideia Ponderings, uh, a podcast dedicated to discussing the items surrounding education and specifically to promote classical Christian education. And we do so by discussing not just educational topics, but topics about the Bible, topics about politics, culture, and the world today, and how classical Christian schools and educators, students, parents, family members, teachers, and staff should invest in education the way it was originally constructed to be and dedicated to be. And so welcome, if this is the first episode you've found, I encourage you to go back and listen to some past episodes and, uh, and to hang with us as, uh, as we grow our audience and, uh, and hope to highlight the wonder that is classical Christian education. Hey, if you are also hearing um, about this classical Christian education and, and you've spent the last year or so listening in and wondering what's really going on in your child's school, I encourage you to look at classicalchristian.org. That's the website of the Association of Classical Christian Schools. You can find a school such as Oakdale near you. If you live in Metro Detroit, uh, consider looking us up at oakdaleacademy.com. With that, today we are going to talk about why democracy uh, from the ancient Greeks, and uh, later we would call it um, either democracy or uh, representative democracy, but more appropriately, a republic here in the United States, why it is so important, and we're going to do so using perhaps one of the most famous speeches in the world, the funeral oration of Thucydides by Pericles. And with that, here we go. All right, as I mentioned, we're going to spend some time talking about the one of the most famous speeches um, in, uh, in, in history, uh, Pericles' funeral oration as recorded by, I should correct what I said earlier, as recorded by Thucydides. And in this, Pericles is going to make uh, an argument that democracy uh, is, is a form of government that makes it so people can, can better themselves what we would perhaps know as a meritocracy, meaning it, it doesn't matter what class you belong to, how much money you make, now what your education necessarily is, but that there is, um, there is the ability to rise above perhaps where you're born or the station you find yourself in life. And uh, you know, democracy is the way to do it. It guarantees privacy, equal justice uh, for all. And this funeral oration occurred, uh, we believe, around 431 BC before Christ, uh, just after the start of the Peloponnesian War. And so, with that, let's uh, let's listen to some of the words. We're not going to read the whole thing, but just some of the words of Pericles' funeral oration, as recorded by Thucydides in the history of the Peloponnesian War. He starts, most of those who have spoken here before me have commended the lawgiver who added this oration to other funeral customs. It seemed to them a worthy thing that such an honor should be given at their burial to the dead who have fallen on the field of battle. But I should have preferred that when men's deeds had been brave, they should be honored indeed only. And with such an honor as this public funeral, which they are now witnessing, 
then the reputation of many would not have been imperiled and the eloquence or want of eloquence of one in their virtues, believed or not, as he spoke well or ill. And he keeps going, and, and one of the things is he's recognizing the importance of um, when someone is spoken of after their death, we should talk about their deeds. Um, and those who are brave and fall on the battlefield should have good speakers speak for them. But then he, he expands his argument from there and says the following, I will speak first of our ancestors. For it is right and seemly that now, when we are lamenting the dead, a tribute should be paid to their memory. There has never been a time when they did not inhabit this land, which by their valor they will have handed down from generation to generation. And we have received from them a free state. But if they were worthy of praise, still more were our fathers who added to their inheritance and after many a struggle transmitted to us their sons this great empire. And we ourselves assembled here today who are still most of us in the vigor of life have carried the work of improvement further and have richly endowed our city with all things so that she is sufficient for herself both in peace and war. The military exploits by which our various possessions were acquired or the energy with which we or our fathers drove back the tide of war, Hellenic or barbarian, I will not speak, for the tale would be long and is familiar to you. But before I praise the dead, I should like to point out by what principles of action we rose to power and under what institutions and through what manner of life our empire became great. For I conceive that such thoughts are not unsuited to the occasion, and that this numerous assembly of citizens and strangers may profitably listen to them. I mean, what a beautiful paragraph that talks about in so many ways what you could translate to America. You know, we, we have forgotten, we not only, not, I'm sorry, we have not only not we have not only forgotten, pardon me, our ancestors, those things we remember about them, we trash and we start to use cancel culture to get rid of them, the things we don't like about them or the perceived things we don't like about them, whether true or not. But, but Pericles says it's, it's right that, that we pay tribute to their memory. They fought and they won this land for these ancient Greeks um, it, you know, it was it was for them in Athens that the Athenian citizens needed to recognize and recall what was done for them. Well, Pericles continues and begins to speak about that meritocracy that we talked about at the beginning when he says, our form of government does not enter into rivalry with the institutions of others. Our government does not copy our neighbors, but is an example to them. It is true that we are called a democracy, for the administration is in the hands of the many and not of the few. But while there exists equal justice to all and alike in their private disputes, the claim of excellence is also recognized. And when a citizen is in any way distinguished, he is preferred to the public service, not as a matter of privilege, but as the reward of merit. Neither is poverty an obstacle, but a man may benefit his country, whatever the obscurity of his condition. There is no exclusiveness in our public life, and in our private business we are not suspicious of one another, 
nor angry with our neighbor if he does what he likes. We do not put on sour looks at him, which, though harmless, are not pleasant. While we are thus unconstrained in our private business, a spirit of reverence pervades our public acts. We are prevented from doing wrong by respect for the authorities and for the laws. Having a particular regard to those which are ordained for the protection of the injured, as well as those unwritten laws which bring upon the transgressor of them the reprobation of the general sentiment. If only that were still true across vast swaths of the United States, that we recognize that our form of government is one that our neighbors copy. Our Constitution, one of the greatest political documents, if not the greatest political document ever written in history, has been copied and our form of government has been transported across and around the world. We're called the American dream still in addition to the American experiment because people around the world desperately see the freedom and the freedoms that we enjoy and want part of that. They want to see a society where there's no exclusiveness in public life. We do our private business and we work hard. And when we work hard, we advance. And that we have regard for a collective understanding of laws and what they're based on. Those, that's what he mentioned when he says those unwritten laws which bring upon the transgressor of them the reprobation of the general sentiment. This meritocracy that we have and this collective understanding of working hard and adhering to cultural, social, political, religious norms is lost. But then we should let uh, Pericles continue. And we have not forgotten to provide for our weary spirits many relaxations from toil. We have regular games and sacrifices throughout the year. Our homes are beautiful and elegant and the delight which we daily feel in all these things helps to banish sorrow. Because of the greatness of our city, the fruits of the whole earth flow in upon us so that we enjoy the goods of other countries as freely as our own. You know, we work hard and we get to rest well and enjoy the fruits of our labor. I mean, those are so important. And let me let me go to the the end uh, of Pericles' funeral oration here, um, when he says, "To you, who are the sons and brothers of the departed." I see that the struggle to emulate them will be an arduous one for all men. Praise the dead, and however preeminent your virtue may be, I do not say even to approach them and avoid living their rivals and detractors, but when a man is out of the way, the honor and goodwill which he receives is unalloyed. And if I am to speak of womanly virtues to those of you who will henceforth be widows, let me sum, up, sum them up in one short admonition. To a woman not to show more weakness than is natural to her sex is a great glory and not to be talked about for good or for evil among men. I have paid the required tribute in obedience to the law 
making use of such fitting words as I had. A tribute of deeds has been paid in part, for the dead have them in deeds, and it remains only that their children should be maintained at the public charge until they are grown up. This is the solid prize with which, as with a garland, Athens crowns her sons living and dead after a struggle like theirs. For where the rewards of virtue are greatest, there the noblest citizens are enlisted in the service of the state. And now, when you have duly lamented everyone his own dead, you may depart. And I want to focus just to end on, on the, last, the last piece there. Um, this is how Athens took care. The children of the fallen were taken care of. He called it the solid prize that is a garland. Athens crowns her sons living and dead. But the last two sentences, for where the rewards of virtue are greatest, there the noblest citizens are enlisted in the service of the state. And now when you have duly lamented every one of his own dead, you may depart. But that, that second to last sentence again, for where the rewards of virtue are greatest, there the noblest citizens are enlisted in the service of the state. We are not enlisted in the service of the state for awards, for recognition, for medals, for accolades. We, we serve our country because that is where the rewards of virtue are greatest. That is where our our nobility comes out from us. That is where we focus on how we can best serve, how we can um, truly honor our fellow citizens and our country as we go through um, this, this life. So I hope that just this short um, piecemeal approach to Pericles' funeral oration, uh, and the way we picked it apart would, uh, would help to inspire us as a nation, help to inspire us as communities, uh, as families, and as those who fear God, that our, our country, our government, our controls in our society exist because God has ordained them to exist. And they exist so that we have protections and then freedom to live out a life, we, with a biblical worldview, would say, to honor and glorify God. And to do that, we have to rise to, if you will, our best selves. We have to can focus on what it is that we're doing and why we are doing those things. And only through that, even as Pericles, we could paraphrase him, would say, is where the noblest of the city come out. So as we go forth from here, let us be the noble citizens of our communities, our states, our countries. Know that in classical Christian education, that is exactly what we are attempting to raise and cultivate the citizens who are noble and who look for the virtuous way to act so that they can serve God, family, community, and country. And with that, I hope you've enjoyed this short discussion on Pericles' funeral oration and enjoy the rest of your day.